This is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Amen. God's word that we consider for our meditation this morning is recorded in 1 Peter chapter 1, reading verses 17 through 21. Since you call on a father who judges each man's work impartially, live your lives as strangers here in reverent fear. For you know that it was not with perishable things such as silver or gold that you were redeemed from the empty way of life handed down to you from your forefathers, but with the precious blood of Christ, a lamb without blemish or defect. He was chosen before the creation of the world, but was revealed in these last times for your sake. Through him you believe in God, who raised him from the dead and glorified him, and so your faith and hope are in God. In the name of Christ Jesus, the innocent Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world, dear fellow redeemed, what would you do if somebody very close to you had been kidnapped? The kidnappers take your son, your daughter, your spouse, your grandchildren, and then they leave a note demanding a ransom. Would you pay the ransom? Down through history, there have been some very famous kidnappings. How many of you remember the name J. Paul Getty? Well, J. Paul Getty at one time was the richest man in America, and I believe not only the richest man in America, but I think he was the richest man in the world. He made his fortune in oil. And back in 1973, J. Paul Getty's grandson, J. Paul Getty III, was kidnapped by Italian gangsters. These gangsters demanded that J. Paul Getty pay a ransom of $17 million. Getty negotiated with the gangsters and eventually paid $3 million to get his grandson back. Perhaps the most famous kidnapping in American history took place in that same year of 1973. There was a 19-year-old college sophomore at Cal Berkeley who was kidnapped by some radical terrorists. And some of you are probably going to remember her story. In fact, if I show you her face, you might even remember her name. Does she look familiar? It's Patty Hearst. And you might remember that back in 1973, Patty Hearst was kidnapped by a radical group of terrorists known as the Symbionese Liberation Army. These terrorists demanded that her father, William Randolph Hearst, pay a ransom of $6 million. Closer to home, did you know that one of the most famous kidnappings in American history actually happened here in the Twin Cities? in the western suburb of Orono, Minnesota. Do any of you know the name Harry Piper? Now maybe you don't recognize the name Harry Piper, but if you've lived in the Twin Cities long enough, certainly you recognize the name of this company. I guess we've been having technical company name is Piper Jaffrey. And back in 1972, Harry Piper's wife, Virginia Piper, was kidnapped by two armed men. 
These armed men demanded that Piper pay a ransom of $1 million in cash. He paid the ransom, and at the time, that was the largest ransom ever paid in American history. After he paid the ransom, they found his wife alive, chained to a tree near Duluth, Minnesota. Having a loved one kidnapped and held for ransom is probably one of those things that most of us would not even want to think about. It's highly unlikely that any one of us or any one of our family members is ever going to be kidnapped by Italian gangsters or by radical terrorists, but in reality, every single one of us here this morning has been kidnapped and held captive. On the day that Adam and Eve ate the forbidden fruit, Satan kidnapped the entire world. We were held captive by sin, we were held captive by death, we were held captive by hell. But in our scripture reading for this morning, the Apostle Peter teaches us that God paid a ransom to set us free. And the word that Peter uses to describe this ransom payment is the word redeem. The word redeem is where we get our crossword for today, and that crossword is redemption. Now, to better understand this word redemption, we actually have to go back in time about 2,000 years. 2,000 years ago, the Roman Empire was controlling the Mediterranean area. And it's been estimated that about one-third of the population of the Roman Empire were slaves. Now, there were different ways that a slave could be released from slavery and then get his freedom. And one of those ways that a slave could get his freedom was if a Roman citizen purchased that slave at a price and then simply out of the goodness of his heart gave that slave his freedom. The Greek word for redeem actually has this idea of paying a price to set a slave free. Now applied in a spiritual way, you and I were once slaves. In our gospel reading for this morning, Jesus tells us very clearly that he who sins is a slave to sin. And there was absolutely nothing that you and I could do to free ourselves from this spiritual slavery. But Peter tells us that a price was paid to set us free. What was that price? Listen to what Peter said. For you know that it was not with perishable things such as silver or gold that you were redeemed from the empty way of life handed down to you from your forefathers, but with the precious blood of Christ, a lamb without blemish or defect. Now notice very carefully how Peter describes a life of sin. Peter says that a life of sin is an empty way of life. And that's so true, isn't it? Sin is an empty way of life. And what does that empty way of life include today? Well, it might include such things as materialism, greed, sexual immorality, drug abuse, alcohol abuse. In general, this empty way of life is a way of life that says, if it feels good, do it. It's my life. I am going to do whatever I want to do, and it goes back to that old lie that the devil told Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden, you are God, you determine good and evil. This empty way of life is a way of life that pushes God and his word out of the way and instead makes me, myself, 
and I, the center of the universe. The devil tries to sell sin as something that's good, beneficial, and fun. But like all of the things that the devil tells us, it's nothing but a complete lie. This empty way of life doesn't deliver on its promises. Instead of being beneficial, this empty way of life only brings us sadness and misery. And Peter tells us that this empty way of life is a way of life that has been handed down from generation to generation, going all the way back to Adam and Eve. It only brings us sadness, sorrow, suffering, and eventually eternal damnation in hell. There was nothing that you and I could do to free ourselves from this empty way of life. There was no price that we could pay. There was no ransom that we could ever make to free ourselves from this empty life of sin. Not all of the money of Bill Gates, not all of the gold in Fort Knox would be enough to redeem even one single corrupt sinner. The blood of a million lambs would never be enough. So how were you and I redeemed? Listen again to what Peter says. For you know that it was not with perishable things, such as silver or gold, that you were redeemed, but with the precious blood of Christ, a lamb without blemish or defect. Jesus came into this world as a true human being. For 33 years of his life, Jesus lived a perfect life under the law of God. He was tempted in every way that you and I are tempted each day, and yet he was without sin. He felt temptation, but he didn't give in to temptation. He didn't sin even once. And though he committed no sin and no deceit was found in his mouth, he was led like a lamb to the slaughter. And there on the cross, Jesus offered his life as the perfect sacrifice for all sin. Because of the ransom payment that Jesus made, you and I are free. Free by the precious blood of Christ. And you know what's so amazing about this redemption that Jesus made? What's so amazing is that Jesus paid this price for everyone. No one is excluded. In 1 Timothy chapter 2, the Apostle Paul tells us that God wants all people to be saved and to come to a knowledge of the truth. And how do we know that God wants all people to be saved? In that same chapter in 1 Timothy chapter 2, Paul teaches us that Jesus gave himself as a ransom for all people. In preparation for this sermon a couple of weeks ago, I decided to do a little bit of research. Have you ever gone to Google and typed in your name just to see who else shares the same name? Well, I decided to do that a couple of weeks ago, and I learned that there are 18 other people in the United States who share my name, Jonathan Ladner. There's Jonathan Ladner who lives in Texas. There's one who lives in Maryland. There's one who lives in Mississippi. And there's a Jonathan Ladner who lives in California. Now, what if this verse simply said that Jesus gave himself as a ransom for Jonathan Ladner? I might wonder, well, which Jonathan Ladner is God talking about? Is he talking about the one in Texas, Maryland, Mississippi, or California? 
in my moments of weakness, when my sin bothers me, when I'm feeling guilty about the countless sins that I commit again and again, the devil might lead me to doubt whether or not Jesus paid the ransom price for me. But then God tells me quite clearly that Jesus paid the ransom for all people. In Isaiah chapter 53, the prophet Isaiah says, but he was pierced for our transgressions, he was crushed for our iniquities, the punishment that brought us peace was upon him, and by his wounds we are healed. All we like sheep have gone astray, each of us has turned to his own way, and the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. The fact that Jesus paid it all gives me the assurance that he paid the price for me and I can tell you with confidence that he paid the price for you. This Lenten season we have the opportunity to sit at the foot of the cross and grow in our appreciation of this tremendous sacrifice that Jesus made for us. We see the hands, the feet, and Jesus' side all gushing with crimson rivers of blood. In our scripture reading for this morning, the Apostle Peter calls the blood of Jesus precious. That blood of Jesus is precious because that precious blood has purchased our freedom. That blood of Jesus is precious because with that blood, God has washed away the sin of every sinner of all time. That blood is precious because that blood has purified me of all my sin. My sins of doubt, my sins of fear, my sins of worry, my sins of rebellion, those sins of habit that I commit day after day after day, all of those sins have been paid for with the precious blood of Christ. That blood is precious because now we don't have to fear going to hell anymore. That blood is precious because now the gates of heaven are open for all who put their faith in Christ. Just for a moment, I'd like you to think about everything that God has done for you. Think about all of the blessings that God pours into your life day after day after day, not because you've earned or deserved them, Think about how God sent his only son to the cross. It's enough to take your breath away. It's enough to fill you to the point where you're bursting with joy, amazement, awe, appreciation, and thanksgiving. So tell me, how do you want to live your life? How do you want to spend the rest of your days here on this earth as a stranger? Don't you want to do whatever you can to show your thanks and appreciation for everything that God has accomplished for you in Christ? Don't you want to give glory and praise to the one who loved you and gave his life for you? Don't you long to live a life of thanksgiving to the Lamb of God who shed his holy precious blood for you? Don't you have a deep desire within you to do what is right and to forsake everything that is harmful to your eternal salvation. Why did God redeem you? Through the prophet Isaiah, God answers that question for us. 
God said, do not be afraid, for I have ransomed you. I have called you by name. You are mine. God redeemed you so that you would belong to him for eternity. God loved each one of you so much that he couldn't think of spending eternity apart from you, and so he sent Jesus to the cross to take the punishment for your sins upon himself. But God redeemed us for a purpose in this life too. God did not redeem us so that we could live any type of life that we want. God did not redeem us so that now we can use our spiritual freedom to indulge the sinful nature. God redeemed us for this purpose, that we would live our life in such a way that we would glorify him in everything that we think, say, and do. God redeemed us so that we would offer our bodies as living sacrifices to him. God redeemed us so that we would no longer conform to the sinful pattern of this world, but instead be transformed by the renewing of our mind. God redeemed us so that we would bring forth in our life each day those fruits of the Spirit, those fruits of love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control. God redeemed us so that we wouldn't serve sin, but God redeemed us that we would serve Him and serve one another Just as Jesus did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. The good news is is that you and I don't have to go back to that empty way of life. Our God, who is holy and just, is also merciful and gracious. He has redeemed us from our sin. He has set us free so that we might live for him. Listen closely to his word. Learn what pleases God. Lean on his promises and make God's will your number one priority in life. And through the strength of God's word, God will empower you to be what he has made you. You can live each day as strangers here in reverent fear, all to the glory of God. Amen. Please stand.